day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 79 of Shot Talk. It's Jennifer and Carrie. And we're back with a recap of 515 of the Rookie and 115 of Rookie Feds. We may not have had Valentine's Day episodes this week, but it's okay because we'll get them next week. Um, but this week we got to see some relationships, closures, action-packed episodes, setting up for another story arc, all of the good stuff. So we've got mm-hmm. a long one tonight, so we'll just dive right in. Um, first, we'll start with the news. We've got some episode descriptions. Carrie, do you want to start us off with the first one? Sure. Uh, so 516 of The Rookie will air next uh, Tuesday. And the team must stop a militia from detonating a highly combustible truck in their possession. Meanwhile, officers Nolan, Thorson, Juarez, and Detective Harper search for three men who may have been exposed to Ebola and detain them for quarantine. So, definitely going to be interesting. Although the promo didn't exactly tell both those stories. I mean, I I get it. It's 30 seconds, but... yeah. Yeah, it was kind of just like a one-sided promo. Yeah. So. um, The episode description for 116 of Rookie Feds airs next week, and it's titled For Love and Money. Um, And it says, it's Valentine's Day and love is in the air. The FBI team, the FBI teams up with the LAPD to take down a shady Casanova linked to a notorious drug lord. While the rest of the team celebrates with their new loves, Simone connects with someone new. Interesting. We didn't see much in this promo either, besides them in the elevator. Yeah. And Laura being a complete (laughs) softie. She is. I totally called her being, like, anti-Valentine's Day, but, like, I didn't foresee the like you didn't have that on your bingo card no i didn't because i was just like she's gonna like not want anything like make it like explicitly clear not to get her anything like ever yeah but i don't know why i just i mean they gotta the flowers have to be for mark if they're not for mark i don't understand (laughs) unless she's got like a secret admirer but like that'd be bizarre she could probably figure it out yeah, yeah, she could probably figure it out. But like, I mean, I would think you would have to have some type of clearance to send like flowers to the FBI. Like, they're not just gonna let That's anything totally walk true. in, walk in there, show up there. Yeah. Hell no. I don't know. What if it's like Brendan messing with her? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I don't I know why, but like. Thing. I could I could see that. I could see oh that happening. God. Or Carter. Carter could be one of them. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be hilarious. But That'd then like funny. why mess with her? Like, no, you have to get flowers for your girlfriends. I mean, they I'm better. Sure they they that, both but... still have their girlfriends. Yeah. So they better. <laughs> <laughs> I was seriously oh worried about them. I was like, oh no, like they're both yeah trouble for a second but i don't know i wasn't really worried about brendan and antoinette but i was a little bit more worried about carter and fortune just because they're like still starting off like brendan and antoinette they've went on a date you know yeah. they've they've had it they've had a little bit of time so mm-hmm. yeah um and then so we also have the 
following week, the new episode of Rookie Feds, we have that episode description. It's uh, 117 titled Payback. And Garza and the team are on the hunt for a ruthless gang leader on a mission for revenge. Atlas comes to town to reconnect with Laura, but the two cannot seem to see eye to eye. And Simone and Carter grapple with letting go of old grudges. Mark and Laura tension? No. Don't like that. (laughs) Don't like that. I'm not, I mean, like I'm torn because I like them, but I'm also here for angst. So I don't mind it, but I just can't like, I mean, because they argue about work all the time anyway. So like, it can't be that. They're literally like Lopez. Yeah. Like they argue and that's like their foreplay and they argue about work. Lopez doesn't necessarily argue about work because they don't. They work together, but it's not like day in and day out. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're like mini Lopez. Mm-hmm. And two just coincidentally happen to be blonde with blue uh-huh. eyes. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting though to see like Simona and Carter letting go with old grudges too. So yeah yeah i don't know it seems interesting so we're at least on for three weeks straight uh-huh and we'll be up to episode 17 by the end of the month so that'll mm-hmm. leave us with five episodes left oh gosh getting down to the wire there's gotta be there's gotta be like a longer break somewhere in there yeah yeah i don't know um yeah so dylan conrique released a new song gatekeeper last week um and she's going on tour again so that'll be fun if you can see her on tour go check her out um yeah so i love her music Mm -hmm. she just she just has such like a calming voice yeah i've had her like last i don't know like four singles on repeat like yeah all this week it's ridiculous um eric and roslyn have their podcast he said ayadijo so be sure to check that out they're always posting like the little sneak peeks Mm -hmm. on their podcast instagram page and then they share it on their instagram stories and whatnot so and eric's been like recording at work in his trailer which is fun i mean i'm sure not fun for him but (laughs) <laughs> it's fun you gotta to see do what it. you gotta do yeah yeah this week's episode was funny though because they were talking about Rosalind's um like boob job mm-hmm. yeah and all of like her thoughts on it and kind of his and it was funny it was good yeah so um and last but not least we had a dedication to Annie Wershine on last night's episode of the rookie um so it was lovely to see that and i mean she was just remembered so fondly by everyone and like it was so special to see that and all of the posts that they did um and you know just all of i mean even the guest stars that she worked with too like harold and all of the other like actors that aren't regulars on the rookie um you know even kind of commented and got in on um paying tribute and um you know just remembering her so it was touching to see that mm-hmm. but that is about it for the news um we'll just kind of go ahead and dive right on into the episodes now and we'll start off with the rookie because you know first episode of the night so 
Um, so first we have Balin and John's like mom passing away. This, I don't know. It was more of a comedic storyline for me than anything. Yeah. I mean, the rookie is pretty comedic, but this one was just, it was very John Nolan-ish. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but they're in Foxburg, like they pull up to his mom's house and Bailey's like trying to be all positive. You know, she's like, we're going to do this. Like, it'll be fine. And no one's like, I just want to do this and get out of here. Um, and it turns out that they had a heck of a travel day too. So, you know, like they don't have luggage. They just have the clothes on their backs. Um, and they walk in and they find some random guy who comes to the conclusion that like, they must be one of Evelyn's customers. And when asked who he is, he's like, oh, I'm John Nolan, her son. And the real John Nolan's like, really? I thought you're a cop. Like, why are you, you know, why aren't you dressed as a cop or anything? And this guy just, he comes clean and he introduces himself as Josh. And he's like, you know, it was Evelyn's idea to impersonate John Nolan to like help sell her line of self-defense gear that he apparently gave her, gave gave her his blessing for her. so bailey sees it and sees the note that instant that it's endorsed by captain john nolan and josh is just like yeah i gotta go like sorry about your mom dude and um i don't know i was watching it because this was a sneak peek and i was like only john nolan would get impersonated mm-hmm. like only john nolan um but like even bailey's comebacks to it like oh i didn't know that you got a promotion or whatever it was just hilarious too so um so bailey's like there's a lot of work that has to be done and she just like asks him jokingly about like how he feels about controlled burns and he's just like i'm not gonna be any fun on this trip and bailey once again is just positive and optimistic and she's like i'm enough fun for both of us like it's fine and so they're like in they're like in the in town where like all of these other little shops are and she's asking him like if he's sure he doesn't want to just have a small funeral and john's like well she didn't really have any friends and you know i mean it just like he just wants to put this all behind him and so he's like getting out of the car out of this like smart car and what looks to be like a tight parking space but he's like parallel parked so he can't obviously like push the door out very far and um it's just it was funny like the way that he just like tried to get out of the car and like had to squish himself in um and so a woman like a woman named Stacy comes up and like hugs John and you know she apologizes for not calling when she heard about his mom and all that and so we find out that Stacy grew up with John and you know obviously has embarrassing stories about him and while I was watching this because I watched this not live and i wasn't on twitter before so i was like she's the banker right like she looks like the banker from the pilot and i was like but maybe not like maybe they recasted her and so you know stacy like meets bailey too or whatever and john tells her that stacy is the banker like he saved her life or whatever and so after she like walks away bailey's like she asks if they ever like dated or hooked up and John's like, yeah, once in high school, but, you know, I was an idiot and she moved on, like, nothing else there. 
And so John and Bailey start to like walk more. And then he sees a hearse like driving through town and he of course stops it, like stops it in the middle of the road. And at the time there's no one behind the hearse, but you know, obviously like the longer you stay stopped, like the more cars are going to come up. And so he's like holding the driver up, like causing a line of cars behind the hearse and Bailey and the driver are both like, let's pull over and talk. And you know, John's like, no, no, it'll be fine. And um, it'll only take a minute. And so the driver surely tells him that cremation is his best choice and cheapest. And he's like, great, when can that be done? And so she's just like, I can get it done this afternoon, like no big deal. And um, so, you know, John kind of sets that up or whatever. So then Balin's like back at the house, they're taking out the trash and, you know, she's wearing a shirt from like some box that she found labeled defective. And then we see a random truck pull up to the house and they're like, okay, well, this isn't good. And a couple of guys get out of the truck and like John and ask John if it's true that Evelyn said. And so they start to like walk into the house, like they own the place and John just stops them. And he's like, well, you know, like, how can I help you or whatever? And they claim that Evelyn has something that belongs to them. And they obviously want it back. And so they're like flashing their guns. And John does too. And he even chose his badge. And then when the second guy goes to reach for his gun, Bailey takes him down. And, you know, Nolan gets the gun from the first guy. Like, Balin's got this handled. So he tells them to get into the truck and leave. Or, like, he'll have Bailey beat up the first guy too. And he calls her his girlfriend in this. And then, like, after they walk, after they leave or whatever, she's like, I'm your fiance. Like, why did you call me girlfriend? And he's like, because I thought it'd be funnier that way. I was like, I mean, it was funny. It was. But, um, so, you know, when he's talking to the guys, he even threatens to get law enforcement involved too. And John's just like, well, maybe Josh, like my impersonator knows more about them and what they're up to. So Bailey and Nolan meet up with Josh and, you know, he claims he doesn't know what the guys were looking for when they went into, when they went to Evelyn's house, but you know, John just doesn't believe it. He's like, you don't owe Evelyn anything. Like the sooner you caught bait with her, the better. And Josh is just like, yeah, if I was smart, like, or Josh tells them that if they were smart, they'd move up their flight and get out of there. And it seems like quite a lot of, quite a few people now have basically been like, John, just get out of town. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we know you don't want to be here. We love, we like you, but like, listen, we don't even really want you here. Like, it's just trouble here. So um, Bailey and John are going through more of Evelyn's things. And Bailey's just like amazed at how much stuff Evelyn has. And according to Bailey, she's like, the sheer volumes of scam is a little awe-inspiring. And Bailey, like, goes to smell some quote-unquote shampoo, and she's like, that is not shampoo. So she pours out some of the bottle, and they think that it's heroin. And John just face palms. Like, that and that face palm was just, it was felt. It was a whole mood. I, fa- I even face palmed for him. I was like, oh my god, this, Evelyn was just a mess. Like, I'm sorry, she was. So, um, John calls the sheriff in town and, you know, he knew him from childhood too. Like it's a very small town. And so the sheriff even says that sounds about right for Evelyn. Um, and she was known in town for being, or for being a not so nice person. And he even shares that there's an entire file cabinet 
at the station on Evelyn, like due to the number of complaints that she ha- she received. Um, and so the sheriff also just shares that the two guys who came before are at the center of the local drug trade in town. He's like, I'll take care of it or whatever. And so um, I don't know. At first I was like, well, my guess is that they're looking for that heroin, like same with Josh. Um, but we find out that that is not the case. So John is like, well, we might have a much easier way to talk to them. And so the next thing that we see is the two guys walking up to the house and Balin's on the porch. And so like he gives them a bag, which I would assume has the money in it or the drugs or any or something. And, you know, they ask about the guns and no one's like, oh, I gave them to a cop who can actually arrest you. And then the co- and the sheriff just like pops out of the doorway like, hey, I'm here. Like, let me arrest you. Um, and so John and Bailey are like working more in Evelyn's house, like cleaning it up. And Stacy stops by at the end and she's like, yeah, I brought you dinner. Figured you'd be busy or whatever. And so they hear like a noise and it's it ends up being Josh who broke in to steal the second set of Evelyn's car keys. And he's like, I'm a dead man if I don't get out of here. And so when he's asked about the heroin, Josh clearly doesn't know about it and shares that him and Evelyn like sold a bunch of uh, portable generators to get a group of people, basically a militia. And, um, you know, they're, they're very unhappy about it clearly. And so um, he's like, you know, I can't just give them the money back. Like it's gone. And John's like, well, you're not getting the car back because that's already been sold. And John tells Josh to pay Steve a visit at the sheriff's station and just turn himself in. And Josh is like, "Mm, that's not going to happen. So um, he goes to like walk out. We see him like fall down to the ground. He's been shot and the house is taken under fire by the militia. So like the Steve, the sheriff, the state police, they're called the militia, a militia member like gets in the house. Bailey finds tasers from one of Evelyn's scams and like gives one to Stacy. And so they end up tasing a couple of guys. And um, just as backup arrives, John finds fuzzy pink handcuffs in a box. Like, I don't even want to know what that scam was about. Like, I really, I really don't. But that must have been where the rookie got the, um, yeah, that one photo. <laughs> yeah. That ended up being deleted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, they use them to restrain the militia men, which, like, I don't know. That just has to be weird to like put that on them. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the episode, Balin's like walking through the house or getting ready to leave. And she's like, you know, we could just hire someone to get rid of all this stuff. And she's like, just get the photo albums and let's go. And so they find this baseball that John had during his childhood. And like he reminisces and on it and all that. And she's like, you know, just get rid of the stuff, sell the house. Like you can still turn a healthy profit. And just as John is like coming around to that idea, Stacy shows up and she's like, bad news. The bank is foreclosing on the house and it's a done deal. So basically he can't sell it. And John just laughs and he's like, that's the perfect ending. Like have the keys, deal with it, you know? And so as Bailey's, as Balin's finally leaving, a delivery guy like just shows up for Evelyn and he john ends up leaving the delivery guy to talk to stacy and he's like i'm out like this is no longer my issue and balen's just like laughing as they like walk off to go back to the airport or whatever so it was funny i mean it was 
it was a good storyline i feel like like not in the sense that like his mom died obviously but like it was a little comedic because just as they would like get going and like start like start getting on schedule something else would happen Mm -hmm. it's like that's very Balin. like Mm -hmm. so um and then next we have angela and elijah i liked how in this episode there were like two big storylines and made it like easy to follow um but this one was crazy to say the least so Mm -hmm. we open with elijah and he's in bed like you know he's woken up and just like immediately draws his gun and he's like walking through whatever and he sees angela in his kitchen (laughs) which like i don't know it was like what 4 a.m maybe maybe three or two i don't know something like that and he just he doesn't even question how she got in but he's kind of just like okay this is weird but whatever and she's like relax like if i wanted to kill you you'd be dead already and i'm just like what a baddie like she breaks in well yeah she gets in and then she's like just sitting there at his at his kitchen table like wow i aspire to be like her when i grow up like not yeah like badass not like oh yeah let me just put death throats out or anything so (laughs) um so elijah like goes to get the woman that he was sleeping with so she's a witness to their conversation and angela's like uh no your wife wouldn't be happy to read about her in the police report and she's like in addition to disarming your security alarm i also disconnected your phone lines and jammed your cell she got busy like she was working quick in there Mm -hmm. um so He's like, well, if you're not there to kill me, then like, what, what are you, what do you want? And she tells him that she's pregnant and he like congratulates her or whatever. And she's like, yeah, but one day you're going to wake up and decide that you're not done playing, playing with us. And she's like, I'm not wearing a wire. Like, you know, I'm, I'm clean. I'm good here. I just want to talk. And so he asks if she's like given up or whatever. And She's like, if it was just me, like, I'd fight you in the street and take you down. But I've got responsibilities. So she's offering the trade. And she offers Abril to him, which, if you remember, Abril worked with La Fiera. And she just reminds him about hiding in the cabinet. And, you know, once she mentions Abril's name, Elijah's like, okay, go on. Like, you know, I'm listening now. And so... Angela's like going on and giving the update on Abril and you know she's like she's moving north building her empire building herself a FBI DEA LAPD task force and Angela's on it she's like you know I'm, I'll feed you intel from the inside so you can take her out and Elijah just immediately passes and Angela's like well Abril knows that you were behind the head on Moses's crew and they worked for her and so she's like she says that Abril can't let that stand. So she's like on a mission to put him in the ground. And Elisha just questions like, why not wait for his death? And Angela's like, because you could come out on top and like you have that ability. Um, and you're just like confident that you can handle your own business. So Angela tells him to think about it. You know, she'd rather like not have the baby in prison. If And if he turns her down, she won't wait for Abril. Like she has to do what she has to do to protect her family. So she leaves Elijah's house and she gets in a sprinter van meeting with Garza and Laura, which like, hi, we had a mini crossover. 
Um, it was great. And so she tells him, you know, that it'll take more to get him on the hook, like, you know, but he could possibly take the bait. And so Laura's just like, well, it's a big risk. And like, it's your last chance to bow out. And Angela's like, I'm all in. Um, so Monica and Angela are like walking through the station and Monica's like all happy about what Angela did. Like even she's, she's even threatening to go to Gray's office and like demand that Angela is fired because she can like win out over, you know, win over all of this. And so Angela tells her that like Elijah's going to need all the help he can get and asks if she knows about Abril and Monica's just not buying Angela's offer. Um, Angela's like, okay, well, Abril will like gut you just like everyone else in Elijah's orbit. And so Monica claims that like, she's never, she never runs from a fight. And Angela's like, you won't even see it coming. She even calls her red and Angela's just badass. And like every part of this episode. Um, so as Angela walks away from Monica, like she ends up making a call and she's like, you're up. And we cut over to Guatemala and we see uh, Abril talking, or we see Wesley and um, he's like, you know, I'll see you at home or whatever. And at first I was like, I feel like this is foreshadowing. Like every part in this episode where it was like, I'll see you here or I can't wait or whatever. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like that's foreshadowing. And then I remembered that the rookie wouldn't do us like that. So like well hopefully they won't i guess i was just having a lot of like flashbacks yeah just because of all the like references and like it kind of came full circle with the guatemala yeah thing. So, so um you know abril comes in finds wesley and she's like asking him how he got in and he just tells her that everyone has a price and he's very rich um which like yes wesley flex that money <laughs> Um, and so she asks him what he's bought and he's like, well, you know, I hope to have bought a deal with the devil. And so he brings out Moe's sword in and, you know, he's like, I know who killed his crew and, um, or well, her crew. And he's like, you know, I have an agenda and they have a mutual enemy in Elijah. And so Wesley's like, yeah, he stepped Lafayette in the back, like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, he's now stronger than ever. And the wind made him feel invincible. So Abril, like, questions Wesley and asks, like, that he's just willing to hand Elijah over to her. And so she mentions that Elijah's death will be on Wesley's conscience. And Wes just mentions that Eliza, Elijah's um, threatened his family and he's got, like, no choice. So she then, like continues on the family subject and she brings up baby jack and you know she's like he's gotten so big like i follow angela through my a secret online account which no let's not do that like let's leave the wolpes family alone yeah it was so weird i was like no 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 yeah. also like i don't know d- like you literally just said that you have a secret account like i don't know wesley is married to a police officer who can like find you like they can do a social scrub of that so why are you saying that like she obviously wanted to be found or something so also though wesley's eyes throughout this entire scene like (laughs) oh my god it's like they're not even blue they're like gray in this i don't know i was just like wow like (laughs) i 
I, I have no words. You might have watched Brunson scenes like over and over, but I was I like did. watching this scene of Wesley solely for his I mean, eyes. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Um also I want to know like how like surely the jet piece of set is not like claustrophobic, but it looks like it would be, right? Like it doesn't yeah. look like it's very tall, but it has to no. be like kind of big in there for the cameras yeah and then you have actors that are you know at least six feet not all of them but yeah quite a few so i was thinking i was also like okay is this the same like private jet that feds uses no i don't know i mean i would kind of think so or is it the same one as like chenford used in 501 well maybe that seems more because it had like the same kind of like not mood lighting that's the wrong word but like like just shadows and like yeah kind of tricks of the light to make it look more yeah intense and obviously like they probably change out the interior but i mean like the set overall so um yeah so abra like agrees to it and she asks you know if he knows what happens to him and jack like if he betrays the devil and he just goes to leave and takes burner phone from her hand um so gray nyla laura and garza are all like watching wesley's meetup or whatever and brendan walks in and he's like apologizing for being late and in both of these episodes from last night like brendan was late and was like yeah i'm late like what Mm -hmm. about it um and so the team gives him an update loops him in on who abrilla's and Laura points out that the file says Brill doesn't sleep and she's just like questioning if that's possible. And I was like, well, Angela was with her for for a week 24-7 and never even saw her take a cat nap. And I don't know, I thought that this was very Laura sensing of her and she's like all intrigued and she's like, I would love to interview her. Mm-hmm. And Gars is just like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Like, no, just let that go right now. So Brendan shares that Abril's girlfriend is coming to the States and DEA and the DEA intercepted a call to Dayla Morales, Dayla Morales from Abril, like ordering her to come from LA. So rumor has it that Dayla like has murdered her entire family at age 16 on Christmas day, which like ruthless. And Mm -hmm. she even taped the entire thing, like, and said that it was her audition tape. Um, and so we see, like, we cut over to see Elisha getting into an SUV, and he's asking the passenger, one of his guys, about the intel, and, um, you know, the guy's, like, turns out that the cops' intel checks out, like, the SUV, and, you know, we're good to go. So the SUV is stopped by a pedestrian crossing the road, and it turns out that it's Aaron, and he's, like, running or whatever, and lucy ends up running behind the car and putting like a tracker or listening device on it and so yeah i don't know it was just fun to see aaron and lucy like doing this and seeing them for the first time in the episode because we were like what 12 or 13 minutes in and had only seen angela elijah and like abril and wesley and then also balen like we haven't seen anyone else yeah so it was fun to kind of see others um and so they rush like back to the car and listen in on the conversation and so they're contacting guatemala saying that abril is mobilizing and hitters are en route 
led by her girlfriend. Um, and so Elisha's team is trying to find out more. And Elisha's just like, I need to hit them before like they have time to get set up. And so one of Elisha's guys is just like, yeah, well, we could take up Angela on her offer. And Elisha just like immediately shuts that down. Like he's still not trusting her. And, you know, um, he's like, I'll send her girlfriend home. I'll send a Brill's girlfriend home in pieces. Like, you know, um, if Brill like makes a move on me. And so we see Angela and Garza like awaiting Elijah's call. And Garza just like reassures her that Elijah will call. Like, you know, he is so close to taking the bait. And so she's like, I'm so glad that you're confident in it or whatever, but I'm just not sure. And so Garza's just like, all we need is to give him a little push. Like as soon as he, as soon as he finds out that Abril is after his guys, he's gonna be begging Angela for her help. So we see a guy like brought into the interrogation room and Tim's on the other side, like looking in. That's all that we see of Tim so far. And like, we don't even see him in the interrogation room. Um, but Garza and him are looking into it and Garza's just like, you know, how the other teams do. Um, and it turns out that all five of Elijah's top lieutenants are in custody. Like everything went as planned. And so they're hoping that Elijah might just believe Abril is responsible um, as long as like no one else saw the arrest. And so, you know, like they can't hold these lieutenants for 12 hours. So, or they can only hold them for 12 hours and they're allowed to make a phone call. So Tim's like, wonder if that's enough to spook Elijah. So Garza's like, well, that's not, an, that's, we're not done like turning up the heat because the judge just, the murder judge kept a diary. Um, and so Laura and Brendan are on their way to talk to Monica. So we see Monica on the phone with Elijah, who's not happy. She hasn't heard anything like, but we'll check the sources inside the department. And Brent Brentson ends up ambushing her with the warrant for that arrest, just as she like hangs up with Elijah. And she's like, I want to read the warrant, like that's my right, or whatever. And so they also want to seize case files from her home and office. And so another warrant's being written up for that. Um, but Monica brings up like a turn attorney client privilege. And Brendan snaps back with facts and like his smile and sass just sent me like it was adorable. Yeah. Um, and so Monica's obviously not happy because why would she be? And so she wants to walk away, but Laura like pulls out the cuffs and you know, they're just not having it. Yeah. She's like arrest time. Okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. They're so sassy. I love it like what did she expect you can't like talk to fbi agents like that and not have them just be like no like you have to listen now this is what's right. gonna happen like you literally work with criminals like yeah. you have to know that that's what's gonna happen mm -hmm. um so we see the plane like exit the tarmac and garza just shows up um saying that like he shows up to see a bro and he's like you know when we see a last minute plane from a targeted region in a plan registered to a shell company connected to a narco trap trafficker like it sets off alarm bells and so Abrell's like well do you have a warrant and he's like airports have a different set of rules than the rest of the country when it comes to a search and seizure um and he's like if you want to fly like you have to comply which garza was just like he was coming in with everything the rhymes the facts i was like okay okay and we even got to see him speak spanish 
mm-hmm. which was fun. Yeah. Um, and so she tells them to search the plane, like, you know, she's got nothing to hide. And Garz is like, great, it'll take us all day. Like, you know, we're gonna search every part of this plane, even the little rivets. And he tells her that her and her guys are gonna sit in a small room that's uncomfortable and talk about why they're there. Um, so we go back over to the bureau. Monica's in, sitting in an interrogation room and Wesley and Garza walk in and she is not having any of this like seeing Wesley just like kind of set her off and so Garza's just like you know you've been apprised of your charges and you know you should have the chance to address them or whatever and she's just like I'll wait for my lawyer um, and so Garza reminds her that she did bribe a federal du- judge and they believe that she's responsible for his death and that's not her real problem though like her real problem is she failed her boss and she exposed alleged operations to an fbi investigation and um you know they tell her that one day soon whether she's under house arrest or jail like he's gonna have her killed and so she's still not convinced by it she's like i'm not gonna betray my oath like you know i don't want witness protection offered either and she's like i'd rather be shanked in prison I'm like, I wouldn't say that if I was you. Like, no, I would not say that. Um, yeah, it's just a graphic choice of words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like her, but I'm just like, no. There could have been other words used, I feel like. So um, so we cut over to Elijah. He's like on the phone asking about what Monica was arrested for. And Lucy and Aaron are still like listening and trailing behind or whatever. And so... Elijah tells the person on the other line that like he's gonna call back in 10 minutes and like if they don't have an answer they'll go missing too so the guy in the passenger seat you know asks what he's doing and you know like saying that over the phone that's not a good look so the SUV like rolls up to Angela she gets in like they run detectors over her making sure she has no wires and the passenger like the passenger turns up the radio so Lucy and Aaron can't hear him like can't hear them um and that way elisha knows that no other ears are listening and so he tells angela that he's accepting her offer and like he wants her to take tell him how to take down a brill's hitters and her and um you know she tells him that like she he doesn't have much time but wesley says that doesn't matter like or but elijah says that that doesn't matter like he's got firepower for days and so she tells him a Brill's location and the, the team, you know, she's got. And basically, like, a Brill's there to hit Elijah and, like, fly home. And so Elijah's like, well, you know, this is a goodbye, like, unless something goes wrong. I'm like, again, why are we foreshadowing? Like, what are we doing here? Obviously, once we get to the end, it's like, okay, well, that was foreshadowing, but not in a bad way. So... So Elijah, like, tells his guys to, you know, get a team together, recon the location. They'll hit tonight if everything's good. So later in the episode, like, we get to uh, the recon. And um, Elijah's team is watching the house. And Selena's dancing in it, acting as Brill uh, with a couple of other guys. And Angela and Brenson are watching Elijah's team. So um, Elijah's team obviously thinks, you know, that selena is a brill and everything's good so 
but we end up seeing Nyla, Tim, and other cops in the house too, like ready to take down Elijah and his team when they walk in. And so Angela says that Elijah will want to be there for the hit. So it's just kind of like a waiting game because he's close, but um, still not close enough. So Lucy and Aaron are still following Elijah, like, you know, still listening in. And one of his guys is like, well, maybe we should wait until later. And Elijah's like, no, don't think so. Like, you know, we should move and just get this done and over with. And so Elijah pulls up to the house. Selena and the other guys like move further back. Um, Selena picks up a long gun. She's in this like beautiful outfit and everyone's in possession. So Elijah's like walking up to the house. We see like Angela and Brunson get out of the van and like Aaron and Lucy kind of like jog over to like get in position too. And as Aaron and Lucy are getting in position, Aaron kicks a water bottle by mistake. And that ultimately spooks Elijah. Like he hears it, sees no one else on the street. Um, and so he ends up calling it off. And so Angela's determined though to get them, but Brendan mm-hmm. just pulls her back, which I loved that it was Brendan who pulled her back. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I do. Because I he just, just love Brendan Akers. <laughs> he just cares. Yeah. I also loved Brenson and Angela working together. I was like, more of this, more of this trio, please. That was so great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Brendan like pulls her back and he's like, you know, it'll only be for gun charges. Like that won't hold him for long. And Laura's like, we just have to go back to work. Like we'll find another way to get him. So Elijah's still around, which honestly I'm here for. I don't know why. (laughs) It was just so intense because it's like, you just like, especially at the end, like when everyone was like waiting to get yeah. him it was just like silent like yeah. so silent it was so creepy but so well yeah. done the music i was like oh my god i like it had me on the edge of my seat mm-hmm. so i mean i saw somewhere because i only watched like ha- like more than half of it last the uh after it aired and i had seen someone talk about aaron kicking the water bottle and i was like oh like what happened with that and so i i watched that like before we started recording and i was like oh man that was like such a good scene though like they were so close to yeah. having him well i didn't catch i didn't originally catch that it was him that um like kicked it yeah but yeah yeah so but that's about it for the angela lopez elijah stuff so I don't know. I'm kind of glad that Elijah's still sticking around. Like, I don't know, but I like his arc and I mm-hmm. feel like it gives us a lot of good, like Angela and Wesley stuff and not so much Nolan. Like, I feel like with Roslyn, we had a lot of Nolan stuff. Anytime Oscar comes in, it's Nolan. Like, right. no, this is very much like Angela and Wesley mm-hmm. storyline. So, um, yeah, so we just have a little bit on Wopez because they had a cute little moment at the end, which I don't know. Basically, it was just like foreshadowing to me. I was like, I, I don't know. I was very much in a foreshadowing mood and like watching means, out for if that. If it means they'll buy their island, then sure, I'm so here for Yeah, for that. Just, just don't like do anything to them, please. Um, but Wopez is talking. Her head is in his lap. Like it's literally the cutest thing I've ever seen. 
And Wesley's all worried, you know, Angela reassures him that they'll have units like parked in the front and back at and back at seven. And, you know, she's like, Garza sent a very clear message to Elijah that like we're off limits. And she's like, you know, I think he'll listen for the near future. Like, well, he figures how much exposure he's facing. And Wesley is just like, did you really threaten to fight him in the street? Um, and she's like, yeah, but it was all bluff. Like, no big deal. She's like, I dust him with one shot. Like, it would not be that serious. Or like, not that big of a deal, like, to fight him or anything. And so Wesley's like, well, if all of this fails, like, we'll just, I say we just break up the, break open the trust fund and like buy an island. And Angela's like, I'm not running, but we could buy the island anyway. And um, so Wesley then finally asks about Abril and uh, she, Angela thinks that they're in the clear for now. And like, she can't have any idea about the con that they ran on Elijah. And then we cut over to Abril, Dalen and Elijah. And he's offering to like, he's offering to help them now. And they're all going to work together to probably take down Lopez. And I was like, all right, I don't like this now. Like, I really don't. So. Nope. Don't like it. And the foreshadowing of her being like, we'll be fine. We'll be safe. I'm happy. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want anything to happen, though. Like, can we not? Yeah. So. Do you want to take us through the first listener thought? Sure. Uh, Robin had asked, did Aaron kick the bottle when Team Alpha was walking up or were they trying to make it look like Lucy did it? Oh, um, I'm not one to ask because I didn't realize that it was Aaron. It first. was Aaron. They had like showed Aaron. his foot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, because like people yeah. were saying like Lucy looked at him or like gave him a look, which I also missed. So she gave him a know. look like after like when elijah called it off oh, okay she was kind of like pissed about it That's which right. i would be too yeah but um yeah so chunford endgame said it was good but needed more chunford i agree but i think next week we're gonna they're gonna make up for it <laughs> yeah i hope so at least they're riding together and it's valentine's yeah. day so mm-hmm. i guess we'll see Kim had said, I love that they brought Stacy into the episode. It was a nice touch. Everything from the rental car to the shootout didn't go well for John, but it made for a good episode. Fair. Yeah. It really was just like, a, it just like snowballed all the bad things yeah. that were happening. Like I said, it was very John Nolan-like. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of things that happened to him, it just, it starts off little and it just keeps snowballing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, um, and then Blessed Turtle had said, I loved seeing everyone minus Nolan working together in tandem, including some feds on the whole Elijah case. I hope that they do that more often. I wonder if Thorson's going to get any sort of blowback for messing up at the end. I hope not. I saw a lot of people say, and this was again, after I watched the episode, um, that this felt more like a crossover than any of the other like previously advertised ones. And I thought the exact same thing. I'm just trying to think. Okay, so it was oh well no, okay, there was Garza, Brendan, and Laura. 
Is that it? Yeah, but they were in it more. That's true. I mean, it was really because, like, the rookie account would, like, tag the rookie feds yeah. and, and all that. So, But, like, I don't know. It was more of a mini crossover to me. Like, it wasn't both shows coming back no. and, like, you know, working together. It was yeah. more just, like, a mini crossover, which was still fine. I mean, I just feel like it was... I don't I I don't know. I just feel like some people just, you know, feel a certain way about certain characters and then so it's yeah. like no matter what it like yeah. I don't know cuz I just I yeah, I don't know. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I didn't see much chatter online before the episode, but I saw it after and I guess a lot. some people <laughs> It was a lot. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot. I guess some weren't a fan i don't know i thought that this episode was solid like i liked it badass i was like so here for it i mean granite sure i have a little bit of like a brunson bias because like got to see them more over the night but um i don't know i mean i i like episodes like this i like because brandon's just really good at playing a bad guy (laughs) so i don't know i mean i just really you know, I mean, well, and I thought that it showcased the ensemble too. Yeah. Like, sure, we didn't get to see much of Selena or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, a whole lot of like Aaron or anything, but it yeah. still got to show all of them like working together. Yeah. If no one wasn't there or something. Like, I saw someone right. tweet and they put it together very well. They were like, if Nolan, if something happened to him or whatever, like he couldn't work or something that like, the team could still get stuff done and it's still an ensemble with them. Yeah. Something like that. I'll have to find the tweet, but I was like, wow, that was so well put. Way better than how I'm explaining it now. Well, like, that was kind of like how I was thinking. I was like, I don't know if people, you know, because not everyone's the hugest fan of, you know, John Nolan as a character. Um, But I was like, he wasn't even a part of like he was dealing with his own stuff um with daily and everything and so i was like i kind of thought that like more people would like be i don't like tune in or like i don't know (laughs) yeah but i mean i get it chenford's a huge draw i do i understand but like also I don't know everyone else is maybe that's just me because I love ensemble casts so yeah yeah I don't know I also am very here for Wesley hours <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm like, here you, for you, everyone though yeah I know we have our favorites but um we like everyone but you know to each their own I just I don't know I yeah. can like see I can understand both sides of it right I just there was just a there, like I said, just a lot like posted online, which might be why we don't have as many thoughts because people already yeah. shared their opinions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I noticed that a lot of people tune in for Chunford, or like when there is a Chunford heavy episode, we mm-hmm. get a lot more like chatter on Twitter and stuff. Which, yeah, I mean, fair. Like that makes sense. The rookie obviously knows that people watch for Chunford because they're the only ship name that is shared in videos with the ship. So, yeah. although they did caption with Wopez on that picture of Angela, like on Twitter, 
And they said like Lopez's okay, yeah. family in danger, and I was like, yes, they used yeah. Lopez in the in the because I think at one point they were saying Westlow, and then they were using Lopez for Jackson and Angela as like a partnership. I'm like, no, it's mixed. Like it's mixed up. Yeah, well, because like Sean and Alyssa were going back and forth as to which it was like a while ago. Yeah. So yeah. So. Anyway. Um, as far as Aaron getting any sort of blowback for messing up the end. I don't know. I hope not. I thought for sure that Angela would like give him some kind of crap, but I don't know. I mean, I guess anything could go wrong. Like it could have been a kid, like some random kid that kicked it. Yeah. You know, so I don't really know. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it like was as intentional as people are thinking or not. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say. Yeah. Um, Bless Turtle also said, I'm super happy I called out on a Brill returning, even though I shouldn't really be happy. It was super obvious she was going to return, and now she's going to team up with Elijah. I don't know. I guess I didn't, like, put the pieces together that she would return. Yeah, I must have missed it. I was going to say, I was like, I must have missed something. I mean, I remember. But I feel like. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I remember, because I saw Brandon's story about, like, Elijah returning yeah Um, because he just like posted from paramount or whatever um but yeah i didn't um i wasn't thinking that a bro was gonna return (laughs) yeah i don't know i guess because the lafayette stuff was like end of season three beginning of season four i was about to say it was the end of season four and i'm like well no (laughs) that's no um i don't know i feel like there's been so much that's happened that it's kind of like okay lafayette is gone like you know, Lopez is safe. They just have to deal with Elijah. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I just kind of forgot about Brill returning um, or didn't think of it. So um, Blessed Turtle also said, we didn't get any Chenford, which is a little disappointing, but they more than made up for it, in my opinion. Love seeing everyone working together. Same. I want more of it. Like another episode or two of that, please. Yeah. The season um they also said the episode was a little more nolan centric which probably didn't set well with a lot of fans um but caught him a break like his mom died um and they said of course he was going to get a huge amount of focus in the episode and that's fine by me yeah i mean nolan's always going to get like a huge part of the episode i mean he's the main character so um which not saying that we always have to be happy with that but like I mean, it's just how it is. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. (laughs) Like, literally. (laughs) One brain cell tonight, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just hanging by a thread, thinking about Brunson, pretty much. (laughs) For me, yeah. (laughs) Especially. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... Blessed Turtle also said, lastly, the dedication to Annie Wershing at the end was very touching. Agreed. It was mm-hmm. very touching. Yeah, because they, like, had her photo and everything. I was yeah. like, oh. Because you know how sometimes shows will just, like, just have the name or, like, you know, in memory yeah. of. And I'm like, oh, they put her picture. Like, that's, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it for the rookie. I mean... Not much else besides, I, I don't know. It was a solid episode to me, but maybe yeah. it's because I didn't see any of the Twitter stuff before. So mm-hmm. I literally went into it. Like all I saw was our live tweets and anything that 
was retweeted on our account. My live tweets were so like general and emoji filled <laughs> last night. I was just like, because I would like try to think of the perfect thing, and then like the next scene would be happening, and I'm yeah. like, shoot, I gotta like tweet this and move on. That uh, that always happens to me. I always fall behind with the live tweeting. I'm like, oh my I god, try. just like put it out. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, no, I. I don't know because I was like babysitting my niece and nephew and I was like seeing these tweets and I'm like wait I'm kind of ruining it for myself but I was like but also I kind of want to like read these tweets so yeah but it was a good episode I thought so now we'll move on to rookie feds take us away all right so um it's titled dead again which was a very appropriate <laughs> name for the episode honestly um and we'll start off with the murder investigation and so well like i guess the not really cold open but the very very beginning of the episode we see um a man tied to a chair apologizing and then two like gunshots um and then the title card comes and everything um so that man that we saw at the beginning um turned out to be uh paul morrison and he was uh, an investment banker but he was killed six years ago because his wife vanessa was tried and convicted for murdering him and i just i loved simone's delivery or niecy's delivery rather of the (laughs) this man looked like he was breathing six hours ago (laughs) like there's no way he could have been killed six years ago um Simone had some like good one-liners this episode I thought so good and they're like excuses for when they show up late were hilarious like Brendan was doing hot yoga (laughs) and (laughs) Simone has to deal with the box situation at her house which I will get into later but yeah it just oh my god they cracked me up um yeah and so when they realize that Paul is like now actually dead um simone and brendan assume oh well if vanessa killed him now she can't be tried again for the same crime because of double jeopardy and not gonna lie i was thinking the exact same thing um and i just loved laura's line of like says the former actor who watches way too many movies like she just didn't have time like (laughs) both her and carter were like okay yeah but here's here's what is actually going on (laughs) Like, they just wanted to tell them, (laughs) like, they were wrong so bad. Before, or between Laura and Simone, they, they had the best one-liners. Like, they really did. They, the rookie feds brought the sass in this episode. Yeah. I loved it. Um, And so Carter's the one that pointed out, since Vanessa's murder conviction would get overturned, then this is a new crime because there are new circumstances. So... Which, I don't know, I honestly, I kind of want, because I'm just a nerd, and, like, I just, I want to, like, look into that more, of, like, how that can possibly be. Just, I just, because I seriously was so on board, I was like, oh, yeah, no, she can't be tried again, because it's double jeopardy. But I'm assuming it's just because he wasn't, like, there's no, you know, like that Taylor Swift song, there's, like, no body, no crime, like. Yeah. I don't know if that was it or like that. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Geeking out over here. Okay. Um, so Carter corrects them and uh, Garza tells them 
that uh, they, well, that Simone and Carter are going to go talk to Paul's sister, Donna, and she has been raising uh, his son, Sammy. And there's so many names, my gosh, because Vanessa had contacted Donna about wanting to see her son. And, um, and like this whole case, like kind of hits hard for Simone because like when she, she was young, when her father went to prison for something that he didn't do. And like, while Simone's mom held the family together, Sammy doesn't have that because his mom was put away for killing his father even though that wasn't true and so they uh because donna had told them that sammy was at soccer practice and so they arrived to see vanessa show up there and um like try to you know make contact and but they stop her before she can get too far and then it like cuts to three men digging up paul's grave like obviously he's not in there right and um like the i mean we find out the one guy's name later but the one of the guys was like been screwed over by a dead guy for the second time and uh a worker like sees them and says he's gonna call security but they shoot him and dump the body so he can't do anything i just like every single time i see a person that's like I'm going to call security or I'm going to call the police. I'm like, just run away (laughs) and go to your car (laughs) or like, I don't know, just like go somewhere else. Like, don't just stand there in front of criminals. I mean, I get it. It's just TV, but like, oh my gosh. But like, if you're going to call security or whatever, fine, but like run away before you do it or at least get further away from them. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yes, um, he can't, obviously he can't do anything at the moment. Um, And it cuts over because Simone and Carter, they brought Vanessa in. And so they're questioning her and, um, but well, Carter and Matt, I guess I should say, are interrogating her. Um, And she says that there were signs that Paul had faked his own death the six years ago uh taking phone calls at all hours making extravagant purchases and so they assume that he took on a shady client and then had to hide from them which is why he had to fake his own death and since he since paul left vanessa to rot in jail to save himself she's not sad that he's dead but she also didn't kill him this time or the last time I mean, I can understand why she's not, like, showing emotion over him being dead. Like, he did her wrong, so. Yep. Yep. Um, And she was, I guess, at the, her halfway house, like, when uh, he was murdered. And so her alibi does check out, um, and Simone's all excited to get her, like, released, um, but she still violated her parole by visiting Sammy. So there's a process, even though the terms of her parole are now invalid. But Garza tells her not to worry because he's going to fast track Vanessa's release. 
And so they're still trying to figure out, though, who killed Paul. Like, even though they have the Vanessa piece kind of sorted out, they still don't know who actually did the murder. And I love how Antoinette was in here more. I mean, I know, like, partially because of Brendan, but I was just like, yes, she can, like, show off her skills. I was so excited. I just love her. (laughs) I feel like she's been um, integrated more into the team lately yeah. mm-hmm. which i love yeah maybe it is because she's dating brendan or maybe it's just because they need her for these certain type of cases but yeah. i love it yeah um and antoinette had found a parking slip within paul's effects and she was like because brendan had stopped by or whatever just to see how things were going if she had anything um and figuring that he would ask for security footage from that parking lot she pulled it and it showed paul uh handing over some passport photos but the footage was too grainy at the time so she sent it off for facial recognition and then they're just cute and i like them and they had a little like you know kiss and then she's like if we're gonna kiss we have to be smart about it um (laughs) which i mean i guess i can't blame her because i like i don't i mean i realize like the lab's like clear glass like around them so obviously like hello everyone can see them um i just love how she pulled and they do work at the fbi like they have to be a little bit more careful and professional yeah but brendan's just like i think he just i don't i think he just likes giving compliments to people and just like telling Uh them that they do a good job he's literally just sunshine yeah he's just the best we love him yeah yeah she pulled him by the tie which was absolutely hilarious um i just love i love when like women are just like no okay we're doing this like just come here um yeah and like lucy in 501 (laughs) yeah kind of yeah um and so uh they go into like a little i don't know what like not an out it's not even an alcove it's just like a little corner of the lab Mm -hmm. to kiss there and so there we go and then she's like okay now we have to go back to work (laughs) (laughs) so she's just like i just find it so funny she can just like turn it on turn it off like switch and then she can have her cake and eat it too i mean Mm -hmm. love that for her (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. um and so the next person they're going to talk to because i'm well they like cut over so i'm assuming facial recognition obviously came back and then like either antoinette or garza like sent it to yeah brendan and laura like as they're driving or whatever um because they're on the way to go find wally sanborn and he's the funeral director and the person that paul was handing the passports off to because he's in the id business creating new identities is like the perfect side hustle i can't speak side hustle for morticians because they have access to like all the recent death records and social security numbers and all that stuff i mean it makes sense yeah i don't know if i would want if i would trust a mortician for a fake id but i guess i mean yeah i don't i i didn't even really like consider it to be like i just wouldn't have even put yeah that together and so this was part of the um 
well we see the part of the sneak peek when they get there of right. the you know brendan being like no this creeps me out and laura's like no it's nothing to be afraid of and then of course you know here's a noise she like jumps 10 feet and then he laughs at her <laughs> which was great although i swear to god because i like i said i watched these clips like four times swear to god he kind of jumped too and like looked over like had the same expression that she yeah had. because when he was laughing he was like doubled over in laughter or whatever he was further away from her like out of shot kind of yeah yeah but anyway details um and so they like follow the sound and wally's literally burning evidence as they walk in and yeah oh my god i was just like the dude is like literally like oh i'm not doing anything and Brent's like you are literally burning evidence here sir yeah you need to (laughs) knock it off um (laughs) Brendan was sassy in that moment. Yeah, he was. I was like, well, I mean, he has a right to be. He is literally burning evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Wally throws ash, or ashes, rather. Poor Brendan got most of it. Although I saw, like, when they were chasing him, like, Laura had some, like, on her face. So it must have gotten... Some of her too. I don't know, but yeah, poor, poor Brendan got got the most of it. And he's like, "Oh God, you have to be kidding me!" <laughs> and then, like, I just thought it was so funny because, like, he. I don't know if it was just like part of the seat. Like, I don't know how actors, you know, get stuff thrown at them or whatever. Yeah. It was just like Kevin having to like steady himself or whatever. <laughs> but then, like, Britt had to put yeah. his arm out of the way and be like, "Come on!" <laughs> so, um. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, they do literally chase this man. Like this was like a long, like chase scene, but it was like done right. Like I yeah, it wasn't like the fifteen minute one. No, of Nolan. <laughs> and what was that season four? Yeah, that was just last season. Yeah, yeah. where they're like hobbling. Yeah, <laughs> the hobble in the, in a warehouse. Yeah. Oh my god, that was yeah. Yeah, it was comedic. Mm-hmm. But also just like, okay, is this done now? Yeah. Yeah. And so they're they're running through the moratorium. Wally's like pulling out dead bodies and tossing them in in their way as they're taking Which is them. literally so gross. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> like I like my reactions were like Laura's reactions because she was like, oh my gosh, like what is this? Oh gosh. I just I like, don't know. Like, you know, when they do a chase scene and, like, you know, the person who's running usually, like, knocks over stuff to, like, get them yeah. to stumble or whatever. Yeah. This dude was literally throwing, like, dead bodies at them to yeah, try and get them to stop. It was gross. But it was like, also, it was kind of funny. Just, yeah. I mean, just because of their reactions. Because <laughs> they had to, like, stop <laughs> and, like, re, like, I don't know, like, regroup or, like, move or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. It was just... It was, and- they had ash on their face, which wasn't even like I mean it was ash, but it was like tiny body fragments or whatever. Like mm-hmm. God, they were really going through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every uh, time they go to like question a, a, a spec, they're always going through it. Yeah. People, I mean, like people don't like the police, but then they like really don't like the FBI. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and they. And then they had to like run through an actual funeral going on, and they almost think that Wally's gone when they hear him sneeze. 
and surprise mm-hmm. he's hiding in a coffin so they you know yeah. pick him up and i love how laura was like on the phone and was like he's you know he's gotten away and then mm-hmm. sneeze. and poor brendan was like i think i really swallowed that ash like the the <laughs> man was just not having a good day no not at all and this man oh my god <laughs> wally just like he is just like the king in this episode of evading questions <laughs> just by yeah. just solely by giving them the runaround and talking in circles basically um because i mean he did tell him it turns out that paul was a repeat customer of wally's even though that broke his number one rule which don't have repeat customers and paul had told him he needed a new identity and then he was going to pick something up in town but he didn't say what and which also was like rule number one don't ask questions and mm-hmm. i love how laura was like i think that was number two she's <laughs> <And laughs> like wait what and she's like never mind continue um and but he won't actually give them the identity that he gave to paul because mm-hmm. his number one rule is now never work for free so <laughs> the man just like changes his answers every five seconds is great yeah i was gonna say his number one rule changes every single day yeah depending on his mood it changes i'm sure yeah. i'm just oh my they were just moods like the whole entire time like brendan's like oh my god like he he was yeah. done with it laura was done with it i i mean i don't blame them and so they're kind of stalled a little bit, obviously, with um, Wally's lack of information. And so, but they do have uh, a lead because they, the shooting from earlier is the shooting that they're referring to here. And the bullet from the cemetery matches the same one that killed, like it's from the same one that killed Paul. So it's likely the same shooter, but Brendan's like, well, what the heck were they doing at a cemetery? And Garza says, well, they were there to dig up Paul's grave. And so Laura thinks, oh, well, then maybe he actually hid the money there. And that's what they were after. Yeah. And uh, so we cut back over to Vanessa and she's like free, uh, but there are still steps that they have to take to get her exonerated. And uh she a lot of her family and friends deserted her uh during this time and so she's kind of all alone but simone has the good idea to take uh vanessa to cuddy's bakery and he gives vanessa some advice which i love how their family mottos like have pie like pie can solve everything yes we'll we'll talk about it but first we have to have a piece of pie yeah so yeah it's only it's only right Mm-hmm. yeah and so wally um i'm assuming since he was in the process of getting you know a deal he actually did give up uh paul's new I- well paul's old identity uh and he was known as nicholas jones and he lived in salt lake city he was an insurance salesman was married but no kids uh so brendan and laura are on the way to salt lake and they get to take a jet so that was fun because i literally thought 
like I didn't expect the next scene that we got <laughs> from them so I just thought yeah. that um you know that we were going to see the jet in the air and then that was going to be it and then they were going to be there um but no they blessed us they could have been time. in the jet though and they could have made it to the mile high club I'm just saying <laughs> you're killing me <laughs> killing me but also just like Brendan and Laura just being in the jet like the two badasses that they are I loved that <laughs> Yeah. It's like just well, them. like dressed really nice. Now it's just things. like they look like they're they look like they're going somewhere fancy, <laughs> like not to yeah. like, do a business thing or something, not to go like question someone. Yeah. Wait, so you've wrote Renson fanfics, right? You haven't posted them or anything yet, but like have you wrote you've wrote an undercover one? Mm-hmm. I feel like you should write a j- private jet one now. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at like that. <laughs> like that kind of. I there well, are, it's hard too because Brunson is not there no. yet. If they ever no. will be. Yeah. No. But you could like base it off the Chenford one. Oh, <laughs> just make it Brunson. <laughs> oh Lord. No. Well see, I'm not even that's the thing, is like I don't I don't know if I see them as like a romantic ship or platonic. Like yeah. I just I love just any scene that they have. So yeah. I'm like good with whatever we get yeah yeah but anyway (laughs) we we do of them on the jet yeah just not that kind of scene um (laughs) and so it like i just thought it was kind of funny how they cut at like the tail end of whatever brendan was telling laura about how he messed up with antoinette and she's like well, you basically gave her your help, even though she didn't ask for it. And then your ego got in the way, and then you d- really didn't listen to her. And he's like, "Well, how do I fix it?" And she's like, "Figure it out." <laughs> like she, <laughs> she has no time. She's like, "Just figure it out." I'm not, you know, I'm your training agent, not your life coach. <laughs> so, but then they just, oh my gosh, I thought that was gonna be it. But then he was like, "Oh well, you'd make an excellent life coach." life coach and she's like can you stop talking like shut up it was great so gosh i love them they're just so good just sunshine and grumpy in that scene basically yes yeah they just love them and like i don't know if it's like a kevin thing or if it's like a for brendan's character thing but he does the like smile and then look down like like bashful yeah yeah kind of. i feel like it's probably a brendan thing like at the end of like certain interactions with yeah people i feel like it's a brendan <laughs> thing and it's just because he's shy trying to like figure himself out so like who right. he is besides his actor identity mm-hmm. yeah just, but yeah that was a fun scene i mean he's not wrong laura would make a good life coach but she's you know She's a good person. I feel like she would get annoyed with people. I mean, I she, mean she already does. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> she'll just she'll just be Brendan's unofficial life coach. She'll tell people, she'll give people advice and then be like, you know what? Never mind. I don't even care if you take this advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I was surprised that I mean, obviously we didn't see the whole conversation, but I was just surprised Laura was actually listening to Brendan, like talk yeah. about his relationship problems in the first place yeah because like episode one laura would never <laughs> yeah i'm surprised yeah. she didn't like zone out 
yeah mm -hmm. but yes yeah, so we got that scene they're fun love them and uh garza had sent carter and simone to talk to the cemetery guard because he the he was getting out of uh surgery like he's gonna be okay and while they're walking to the room simone notices that carter's looking around the hospital and she's like whatever it is it's your fault referring to what happened with uh him and fortune and i just thought it was so funny like the the men did have a weird vibe this episode they did as simone said later like yeah they did they were all they were just they were messing things up but then they you know yeah. make amends too so that's good uh and so they're here to talk to mr Irwin, and he only remembers a white van and the partial license plate of pci and i seriously didn't think that was actually going to help them <laughs> like really? i didn't think they were going to get results no yeah i really didn't think so i thought it was interesting how he related it like how he remembered it i mean mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't find it weird because I kind of do the same thing, but more so with numbers like, oh, that's a specific date or whatever. But well, yeah, yeah I, I can understand his, yeah, I can understand his like memory tactic. I just didn't know if they would, I just thought there'd be more white vans and like mm -hmm. a million different, you know, license plates. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, we get another, much like the rookie did with Guatemala, the rookie feds did the little Salt Lake City uh, title across the page. And mm -hmm. uh, Brennan and Laura are there to speak to, well, it's, he's known as Nicholas, but it's Paul's wife, Susie. And they have a warrant to search the property too. And Susie had said they met four years ago when she was a flight attendant and appeared not to know anything about his past. And we'll find out later why that is not the case. Uh, Garza ran the partial plate that Mr. Irwin gave Simone and Carter. And they, well, they had like four hits total uh, in the Los Angeles area, but like one there was that was more local, um, belonging to a Leon McTavish. It was quite a name and yeah. he so garza sends carter and simone to a warehouse address that is linked to leon to check out and swat's already there going to like uh i don't know what the i don't know what i'm trying to say uh the whatever tool they use to like maneuver the lock on the gate mm -hmm. i just can't think of what it's called at the moment um <laughs> But they, they get the lock off and they're like ready to go in. And of course, you know, the rookie has a shootout. The rookie feds has a shootout. There's just all, all the gun fire. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, so a shootout ensues. And I mean, Simone like got a good shot in at one, one of the guys. Uh, but then uh, the other two got away in a, is it a green car? sort yeah. of a green color car like a green sports car yeah and i just thought it was funny how like simone got in the driver's seat automatically because carter was still busy like calling out that they yeah. had fled the scene and she's like 
stops the car like are you coming and they literally like the camera still panned to like james getting in the car and then it like the music started again and i was yeah. like that was brilliant <laughs> like yeah you know, stuff like she was that. she made sure to stop for him and was like yeah. get in <laughs> yeah. yeah and so uh yeah simone's in the driver's seat she's putting her driver's ed skills to good use and chases down uh the car in their suv poor carter is holding on for dear life uh but she manages to ram this ram their suv into the green car a couple times and like causes it to spin out and stop so then they can pick up the uh two inside and so simone and carter question leon and they ask him who tipped him off because they know that he got a call from a salt lake city number but he's like I'm not telling you I want my lawyer. Um, and, but they do, like, it, they do the thing where, you know, they have the music build and then they cut over and then, you know, mm-hmm. who it is. So, uh, Leon knew Paul was alive and in town because Susie tipped him off. And, see, I didn't catch any of this either of, like, why. I just had looked up again when I was live tweeting to see like Laura was doing her like sassy profiling thing. And then I was yeah. like, but I was like, why'd she do it? Um, so <laughs> Susie and Paul were having an affair that started seven years ago and she knew all about um, Vanessa and Sammy. And I just, lo- I don't know if it's like Brit's delivery or like Kevin or just, I don't, I mean, I guess, like Nisi and James will do it too sometimes like the delivery of just they they're like guessing what like why these people did yeah. what they did or the steps that they took to do it but they're yeah. obviously correct um and she's like let me guess it was your idea to steal the money and start a whole new life in Salt Lake it was also your idea to bury the money at the gravesite um because you know you dug it up the second Paul gave you something in question and mm-hmm. So, Paul was just going to steal the money and trade Susie for a new wife, but she wasn't going to be the woman scorned, so to speak. And so they come back. I just, I mean, because, like, okay, we saw Brennan and Laura, like, get on the jet to, like, go back. And then they had to go back. Yeah. And talk to Susie again but we were robbed of them going back to LA <laughs> like this not good time but I will live it's okay uh because they're gonna <laughs> well because they're because like I was like okay they're gonna like go home they actually have like they caught her like it's good mm-hmm. um but they don't have enough evidence to make a case right now and so uh they will freeze Susie's assets and sooner or later she's gonna need money so they'll get her when she tries to get access to money so they're playing the long game as Garza told Simone so that's kind of that part of the case wrapped up uh and then as far as Vanessa goes uh Cuddy I guess uh like brought uh, a lawyer named ivy into his bakery and uh she's gonna work on vanessa's case pro bono to get her exonerated and cuddy's also gonna help vanessa get custody of sammy 
and like Donna's kind of on board like on board with this and like wants to help her reintegrate into her son's life which I thought was really nice so yeah yeah I thought it was a nice like tender moment with Cuddy Mm -hmm. you know like because we only see him questioning Simone Mm -hmm. and like her job and everything but it was nice to see him like giving in and helping Simone out and like helping the feds out kind of yeah like indirectly so Mm -hmm. yeah and so we just have a little bit more with the rest of the kind of not side storylines but relationships and whatnot uh so for Brenda yeah let's be serious these are not side storylines they are like extras (laughs) they're extras yeah that's true because it I mean listen okay you want to talk about extra like Brendan was so extra in this like I get it he means well but like oh my gosh I yeah um because he had dropped by the lab earlier in the episode and Antoinette was speaking into a camera and he was like you know it might help if you turn it off (laughs) and uh (laughs) she's just kind of you know a lot on her mind because she's been tasked with making a training video for Quantico and she has to shoot it and edit it herself on top of her actual job and uh she has I'm gonna forget the name of it again a uh ring light I think is what they're called oh and you want to know what else I just remember the thing that they used to cut the lock open like pliers like what is wrong with me I couldn't remember (laughs) that word weren't you saying it was something like mechanical i don't know i don't even know what i I was saying someone can like rewind and tell me later i don't know but anyway (laughs) um so uh he like gives her a tip about the lighting he's like front facing is bad off to the side is good and she was like do you really want to start the start off the day by telling me i look terrible and he's like no you look amazing always lighting's terrible (laughs) Like you say, he's just so he, yeah, they're just great. Love them. They're I love how he like made out for it. He was like, no, 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 you're good. It's yeah. just the lighting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I'm not trying to like make you mad or offend you or anything. Yeah. yeah. And so a little bit later on, we see Brendan's full on directing the video for Antoinette. He's brought in cue cards, a whole freaking camera crew, and yes, more lights. And we see Antoinette getting frustrated because he's stopping her, uh, you know, every, what seems like every five seconds to get touch-ups, redo lines. And she does another take and it was perfectly fine in her opinion, but it wasn't what Brendan was envisioning. And she's basically like, mm-hmm. news, newsflash, it's not your video, it's mine. Um, and I feel like he forgot that this is a training video. Like, it's not like it's a commercial or anything. No, it felt very commercialized. Yeah. But yeah, no, it wasn't a commercial. It's not like, I don't know. Like, I saw the cue cards and I was just like instantly transported back to America's Next Top Model where they shot CoverGirl commercials and there was a whole <laughs> camera crew and they had cue cards and everything. And that's just what it reminded me of. Um. Yeah, so like Antoinette's getting frustrated and she's she's done with it. She calls him a selfish I really can't speak selfish, pretentious moron in French. <laughs> so 
yeah that didn't because he was like and eh, that's a wrap like <laughs> we're done video i feel done. like she kind of forgets that he knows french i mean i think he was just i mean i'm pretty sure he understood it. i just don't think he was expecting yeah. it like her to yeah. say it uh and towards the end of the episode he apologizes in french saying he was a pretentious moron who didn't mm-hmm. listen to her and he's very sorry for it she tells him that he gets one free pass because she knows why he did it like he spent his whole life on sets and you know in movies tv that kind of thing like he has that out or he know since he no longer has that outlet he kind of went overboard this time and since he doesn't have that outlet anymore Antoinette signed them up for uh an introductory painting class which I don't know if this was intentional or not but like the way he said painting like he did not sound excited at all no I was waiting for him I was waiting for him to be like painting really can we do something else yeah um yeah I don't know I mean maybe it's just like not a medium that he's tried like actual art Uh uh-huh yeah as opposed to you know like audiovisual yeah uh media but yeah so i don't know but can we like can we see them <laughs> like do that though it'd be please so a mark so and laura and brendan and antoinette double date let's go <laughs> let's go they can go and paint laura can get drunk or if tipsy went, yeah <laughs> if they went to go paint laura would probably throw the canvas across the room <laughs> because something goes wrong like I could see it. And Mark would be like, oh, that's Laura for you. Yep. He'd probably be like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me just go find her. Stop. Oh my <sighs> gosh. And Brendan just is happily painting along, not even minding what Laura did. He's just like, okay. I'm gonna paint a pretty sunset. I don't know. He just didn't sound, like it was just not the yeah. uh like response that I thought he was going to give. Um, or he was saying it like that and he's like a really good painter he just didn't want to like come off maybe it's like oh i'm talented at everything maybe and he was like well at least let me get the supplies they're expensive and she's like i already have oil paints they were a gift from my (laughs) ex-boyfriend she's like who also didn't listen so (laughs) she kind of says that as a I don't know if it was quite like a warning, but it was just it was it was good. Um, I think it was more like a joke, like, yeah. "Hey, I wear the pants in this <laughs> relationship." Yeah, which I can appreciate that because she is very like she knows what she wants, she knows what she doesn't want, mm-hmm. and she's not afraid to vocalize that. So good for her. Yes. So yeah, that was a little bit about Brendan and Antoinette, and then. For Carter and Fortune, they were kind of in the, like, in the beginning of the episode. Carter was back in the hospital with a head injury, quote, unquote. So he could see Fortune. Although they get interrupted by her pager. I don't know if, I don't know what nurses have. Are they pagers, beepers? I don't know. Um, Going off. And so she has to go back to work. But they will meet up later tonight. And they little bit later on he's kind of walking back and forth a little bit um in the hospital waiting for her and he's on the phone though um he's talking to his ex-wife and 
uh, he's, you know, saying how, no, you're not going to take my son, you know, halfway across the country. Uh, And so it's inferred that, or implied that his wife's going to take his son to New Orleans uh, and try to get full custody. And so this leads him to be a little bit standoffish towards uh, Fortune, especially when she... I don't really know what to call this like admission that she shared like a inkling of baby fever I don't know yeah kind of I didn't I didn't really know what to call it um because she originally had never considered like having kids because she has a ridiculous relationship with her mom but the newborn that she was taking care of at work uh quote woke something in her unquote even then, though, I felt like it was so early to bring that up. Like, yeah, you know him and everything, and he knows your mom. He knows your background a little bit. But, like, I don't know. I feel like that's a little early to be, like, I don't know. I guess, yeah, you talk about your work day, but then, like, her saying, I never really thought about having kids, but, like, this just, like, awoke something in me. Like, I don't know. I feel like that could have been left out, but I guess obviously for the sake, I wanted to show a little bit of tension, mm-hmm. but I yeah. feel like in normal cases, it's kind of early to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I don't, it kind of just showed that there are kind of, you know, faux pas in relationships that happen. Mm-hmm. So I kind yeah. of liked that aspect of it. Um, right. But yeah, so he's kind of acting a little bit different. Obviously not for that reason, but she, well, she assumes that it's for that reason because he supposedly gets called back into work, but not really, which I literally, I think when I was live tweeting, I actually thought that he did get called into work because again, I wasn't looking up at the screen. I was looking at my phone. Yeah. I literally just heard him say that was work. (laughs) so my live tweet is incorrect at least i'm assuming because he didn't like the phone didn't uh like vibrate or chime or you know Mm -hmm. whatever to like signal a call or text um so yeah so fortune is suspicious because she thinks that maybe he's scared off by what she told him um and I like how he kind of listened to Simone's advice in a way, though, because she was like, just be honest and apologize. And that's what he did. Yeah. So he came back and he apologized for how he acted and explained it was because of the phone call he had with his ex, um, you know, about the full custody, like trying for full custody and possibly taking his son to New Orleans. And he admits he's not the best at communicating, but he wants to improve that and like do more for this relationship to work. And Fortune accepts his apology and appreciates its candor. Uh, he reassures her that he wasn't freaked out by what she had shared earlier. And the two seemed to be back to where they were, which was happy. So, like, we're good. Because I seriously, I was worried about, like, both of these yeah. relationships. I was like, oh, no, one of them's going to end. And then we're going to have, like, a, you know, like, not sob story, but just, like, a, you know, breakup ridden carter Mm -hmm. or brendan but yeah i don't think so so yeah so it's kind of it for them and then last but not least we have uh cuddy and simone 
And Simone, I had mentioned earlier about she thinks <laughs> there's this box situation and she was going through the garage and finds a box of things that uh, Cuddy had kept locked. And she was like just going through the garage. She found like old jeans she had. She found other kind of, you know, vintage uh, things. And but since the box is locked she can't open it and she asks him what is inside and he gets kind of protective over it um you know not telling her what's in it and to keep out of his things and so on their way to work which I thought it was so good that um like Brendan and Simone rode into work together I was like yeah yeah because we don't I mean just because they're split off with their TAs usually we don't yeah we don't see see their or their friendship as much yeah and so she mentions to him that while she does want to know what's inside the box her dad does have a right to privacy she just doesn't want it to be some family curse which i mean Mm -hmm. fair uh and so towards the end of the episode actually the end of the episode i should say uh cuddy finally opens up opens the box and inside are a bunch of his late wife's things including letters that she wrote to him while he was incarcerated and uh Simone reads one of them aloud and it was just like such a moving scene it was it it was yeah I I mean it just goes to show how how much their family leaned on each other during those times and how yeah, I don't know. I mean, and just in like people don't write letters much anymore, you know, or you don't like mm-hmm. hear of letter writing as much. And so that was kind of cool that they had that blast from the past. Well, and they put a timestamp, like more of a hard timestamp on when Tuddy mm-hmm. was in jail during yeah. Simone's like childhood. Like I didn't realize that she was like nine or 10. Yeah. At least while he was away. Mm hmm. So, yep. So it was good. That last yeah. scene moved me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really well done. And kind of like you had said earlier, like they were Cuddy and Simone were like working together in a way. Like they weren't arguing. Like they had mm-hmm. a little bit of a disagreement, you know, earlier in the morning or whatever. But then you know he did open up, and it was a nice you know moment for them. So. I hope we get yeah. more of those types of things for Same. them. So, I mean, I do like when he like kind of pushes back on her, like about her job or whatever, and kind of like questions it and stuff. But I also like when they work together and he like trusts her and he helps her out too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So, we don't have any listener thoughts for uh the rookie feds episode i mean i have more thoughts but i've already like screamed in all caps on twitter so you guys can just go see that if you haven't already um yeah i mean i was gonna say i i have thoughts on brunson but none of them are coherent so (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i don't know i mean do we have any other thoughts to add on either episode i don't think so I just have this one random question and it stemmed from the Me This at Molly's episode on Friday that they did um, 
our oh, friends right, over right, at Meet right. the okay. Molly's. Hey, Gina, Brenna, love you guys. <laughs> um, they did like a mailbag episode. Mm-hmm. And this is totally like disregarding the episode. Um, but they, one of the questions was like, if you had a one Chicago dinner party, who would you invite? Like top five people. And it got me thinking, and I was like, who would I invite to like a rookie, rookie feds dinner party? Like top five. Doesn't oh, matter who it is from each show. Oh gosh. I was like, oh, this is the hard one but then I was like also it's not really hard because I know who I would invite I think I just don't know who my fifth person would be same that was my issue because I was like well I don't want to leave anyone out oh gosh it would be good at like just in that environment I'm like thinking practically maybe other people don't think practically I don't know because like Gray is really good at like doing like the speeches and like the you yeah. know celebration type things. I feel like he would be my fifth person, and I'm who would be your Jenford, other four though? <laughs> Jenford and Brenson <laughs> having the four of them. <laughs> like yeah, I need more scenes just because they're like both just you know we got two sunshines and two like grumpy people. Just they would be out. like in their own little world, and you and Gray would just be like, yeah, oh, okay. okay, that's fine. <laughs> My dinner party would be Lucy, Brenton, Wesley, there. and I don't know who else. Like, that's hard because I want Tim, but then I also want, like, Nyla. Mm, fair. Or Selena. Oh, Selena, yeah. I know. Oh, this so is I don't hard. Know. Can't, like, can't my fifth could change. We could. I don't know. I at first I just thought, well, like there's not that many characters on the rookie and rookie feds. And then as I was going through it more, I was like, no, but there is. Like we could easily do ten people, even like eight. Yeah, I don't know. That fifth person would change in and out a lot. Because I think even Aaron would be cool. He would totally catch on to like Brunson. <laughs> totally call them out. I mean, he. Could, yeah, like, I don't party. know. Like oh party, gosh. party. Yeah. Like, go to a club. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Aaron, let's go. <laughs> let's go clubbing. Yeah, he'd be good for that. Fun. Okay, what about top 10 then? You've still got Chuck and Brunson. Five, yeah. Um, I mean, Nyla and Angela. So what is that? Five, seven. <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> that I can't do math. Um, so I got three more. what about like tomorrow oh yeah i love tomorrow yeah tamara selena and wesley yeah oh that would be a good table yeah there we go that's 10 i think i think for my top 10 i would do brunson wesley lucy tim Selena, Nyla. <laughs> I'm counting. No one can see it. I'm counting for her. I'm glad that you are because I'm trying to keep <laughs> You got three left. It's been a long day. Um, I think I would want Carter too because I think Carter would just be oh, funny. Yeah, he'd be hilarious. And Aaron 
and I don't know. Maybe like James, because I would want Wesley and James to just like have a romance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I would have, oh my God, the table would be so like separated though, because you would have Chenford, you would have Brunson, <laughs> you would have Wesley and James just like romance. They'll talk it to up. everyone though, because they're not even a thing. Yeah. I mean, they might talk to each other if they don't get annoyed yeah. with each other first. At some point, it would just be me and Selena talking because everyone else <laughs> would just be like in their own world, which would totally be fine with that <laughs> she can like talk about my astrological stuff oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that'd be fun i kind I of wish like... that we got to see her more in the dress in this episode mm-hmm. i was just so surprised that like i was just like well okay that's selena like why is she dancing and why are they yeah. watching i was so confused for a second so I was like fast forwarding through my DVR commercials and like I saw the little preview and I was like, is that Tamara? Because like her hair was pulled back. And then mm-hmm. I watched the scene. And I was like, no, that's Selena. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, I would have yes. never thought, but I was kind of hoping that we would see her. And I saw that she was labeled as guest starring. So I was like, well, if Nolan's in Pennsylvania, Sel- what role does Selena have? So mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. Yeah yeah oh you want to know what i just thought of now though what like the rookie it's not anything it's kind of just like it's not like a not ominous or anything but it kind of is a little bit just because it's like okay so the whole elijah thing started by wesley making a deal with him like deal with the devil part one to get angela back and now they're like back full circle yeah (laughs) like elijah's still there except now he's the one that's kind of made a lot of deals with everyone and wesley tried to make a deal with a bro and just like the same terminology was used that's just nuts to me like i thought you were gonna say something totally different that's why i was like what are you gonna say no i just thought it's like so it's just so crazy to me because it like spanned from like 401 which then really backdates to Oh gosh, when did the La Fiera stuff start? Like three, beginning of season three or something? Yeah, like because three... season three only went to episode 14. Yeah, like 303 or 305 or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like, it just, well, like they got like two years worth of um, yeah. stories kind of interconnected. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of hope that it's not setting up for something with the Lopez, like yeah well i don't need like a 401 thing yeah i yeah no just because it's kind of been hinted at that and i don't i don't want it but i can see it i guess like i don't know i can see it and i i don't want to think that because i feel like they're just like they just got into their positions that they wanted like angela's been a detective she's doing great and wesley's finally in the da's office like yeah right well and i just got to thinking that uh at the end of the rookie episode when lopez is talking angela had mentioned that garza talked to elijah about you know leaving them alone Mm -hmm. no one's talking to a real (laughs) and being like you can't go after them so yeah since they're working to or elijah and abril are working together now i'm like 
I Elijah know. can just tell a bro like, "Hey, you have to go after them." Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm nervous, but also just from a, I don't know, just because I just have such an interest in how television's made and like the choices they make. Mm-hmm. I just like, I can understand why they're building tension. They're you know, yeah, building. They're culminating to something. We just don't know what the something is. I was gonna say, unless there's some kind of plot twist where like Elijah's still working with Angela, she knows that he's gonna go like talk with Abril. But then I was like, mm, but maybe. even then that doesn't make any sense. Cause like what does Abril have stake in Angela? Like take I don't know. I was just like trying to figure out how this could be different and it can't. So I'm just gonna, yeah. I don't have any other thoughts though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just had that like, one question. I think I've like talked myself in circles accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if I like keep talking about the rookie, which I can always do, I feel like I'm just going to keep thinking of ways that this could all go badly. And I Ooh. don't want that. So, yeah. I'm just going to say in my happy little Brunson era, like Brunson, <laughs> Brunson Cloud. Yeah. Fair. So, uh, with that, you guys can find us on Twitter at the shop talk pod underscore or email us at shop talk the rookie podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts. And we are both also on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Carrie Hyman and I'm at jsark804. And we are also on TikTok. We are uh, at the shop talk podcast underscore for that handle. And as always, we have our T Public store. We have, you know, rookie merch and rookie feds merch. We're working on getting more uh, designs going. So, um, yeah, if you want merch, just be sure to check that out. And if you like this podcast episode and Chop Talk, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out and helps other fans find us as well. And we will be back next week with, let's see, what is it? 516 of the rookie and 116 of the rookie fans next week. So we'll be talking all things Valentine's Day a week after Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny that you said that because if you didn't, I was going to. Yeah. (laughs) Like probably that same way. Yeah. Well, I was still just like... Gosh, they had it set up so nicely. Like it aired on Valentine's Day and it's not Valentine's Day episodes because they do it for Halloween. They had it, you know, yeah. like right there for Halloween. But anyway, I don't know. It still just doesn't really make any sense to me because wouldn't they've known that the State of the Union was going to be that night? Like, why well, didn't they didn't just flip the episodes them, to begin like, with? It did, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. I feel like they could have just flipped the episodes unless yeah. like I don't know. Wait, there is no, mention of the militia. Oh yeah, that's true. In episode 16. So maybe it had to like set up. Yeah, yeah but like the militia detonating a highly uh, that militia's not traveling from Foxburg, Pennsylvania to Los Angeles, oh, California. God. No, I hope And then they do? Oh Jesus. That's fine. If they do, oh, Bailey and Nolan will be on the front line, like ready to go. John really has bad luck then. <laughs> yeah, that would be absolutely terrible. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. That would be 
that wouldn't be on my bingo card for no. season five. It would not be. Oh, dear. But yeah. But yeah. So we will be back with those episodes next week. And I think that's it for us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Go get them, boo.